Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I'm your host Ben Kreider and today I'm going to be talking about Tobias Harris. The recent rumor of him uh, potentially being in Sam Presti's crosshairs, my take on it, what a hypothetical would look like, and then I'm also going to be talking about Kenrich Williams and his current situation with the Thunder, where I see him in terms of value in the current trade market, and whether I would make a deal if I was sitting in OKC's front office. And to top it all off, guys, I'm going to be giving a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, so you do not want to miss out on that. But starting things out with Tobias Harris, there has been lots of rumors floating around. James Harden, Ben Simmons, a couple of stars here, Sabonis as well. And one of the sneaky guys that's been tossed into just league-wide rumors happens to be Tobias Harris with the Philadelphia 76ers, and Oklahoma City has been noted, uh, I think per Bleacher Report, as one of the potential candidates. So I want to mention him. Before I get into that though, I really want to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder's current situation, not just in terms of their short-term roster, but long-term, what their blueprint looks like. Uh, And they have 14 players right now out of the 15 standard spots. You break it down, I think it's obvious that Aaron Wiggins has one of those kind of locked down for next season if they don't already sign him later on, uh, but they're going to keep another spot open for Wiggins, whether it's through a, a wave, whether it's through not just picking up anyone through the deadline, uh, but even though it says 14 right now, Paul Watson Jr. will be taking that 15th spot one way or another. When you go into the two-way guys, right now it is Wiggins and Paul Watson Jr. Diakite's there, but we'll have to see how that kind of shapes up. Uh, but as of right now, if they want to make trades, they could make a two-for-one and be completely okay with that end result. And when you look at the salary, they are the cheapest team in the NBA right now, even despite the Kemba Walker contract really just digging them down uh, in terms of the salary books. And they currently hold $87.5 million in the checkbook right now, meaning that they have about $30 million to play with in the trade market. OKC has kind of separated themselves from the pack league-wide in terms of salaries. Vit is not even making a million dollars this year. You have Isaiah Roby, Teo Maladon, Lou Dort, just all these different guys, second-round picks, undrafted picks on like bare minimum four-year contracts. And SGA's contract does not kick into maximum status until next season. So they're looking really good right now if they want to be an asset accumulation mode, be a, uh, be a seller, or just reap the rewards of nasty contracts such as Tobias Harris. But the kicker comes in next season when SGA does get that big checkbook. He does make the max. And then you're looking at them being in the negatives. They're still going to be one of the cheaper teams in the league. I think they're going to be down $8 million in salary going into next season. But they still, with a couple of moves, could have some action next year if they want to make some more splashes like what they've done with Horford, Kemba Walker, and so on and so forth. But the biggest part about OKC right now happens to be the draft picks. This is nothing new. 
OKC controls the draft boards until 2028. And they haven't gotten many selections in 2027 or 2028 just yet. I believe they picked one up in the Utah Jazz trade to get Oni and then subsequently waive him earlier on in the calendar year. But they still have a combined 38 picks to that point. 19 firsts, 19 seconds. That is a lot to mess around with. They could make moves for stars. That's something everybody mentions. Like they have so many assets, they could get anyone in the league. That's not true. I mean, if you have a set group right now, you're looking to contend. I don't think you're going to trade, you know, trade someone away for a surplus of draft picks. It's going to have to be a situation like a Sabonis one. And even with that, do the Thunder want to pull the trigger right now for someone like Sabonis? I'm not entirely sure. So I think they have to wait with this, but they have a giant horde and they can always kind of keep that around uh, when a superstar does come up and the Thunder feel like they are ready to make that next step in terms of roster progression. But just looking at the baseline team right now, you have four point guards. I have that as SGA, Trey Mann, Teo, and Vit Krejci. At the two guard, Josh Giddy, Aaron Wiggins, and Ty Jerome are filling things up. Four shooting or small forwards as well with Dort, Williams, Poku, and Paul Watson. And then at the power forward spot, you got Bays and Muscala. At the five, JRE, Favors, and Isaiah Roby. And you can kind of make them interchangeable. A lot of these people can play multiple different positions, but that's kind of how I have it laid out right now. Uh, so if Tobias P Harris does come in, obviously he's going to get minutes if he does not get bought out. But just looking at Harris right now. 29 years old, averaging around 19 points per game, seven boards and four assists this season with the 76ers, shooting around 34% from distance. And he's looking pretty good. When the 76ers initially got Tobias Harris, he was on that all-star level. And the averages suggest that he's still playing at a very high rate. For a contender, which has Joel Embiid right now, which has Ben Simmons, who should flip into a decent prospect in this year's trade market. So they've put themselves in a solid spot, and Harris has been there through thick and thin with the franchise thus far. But the problem is, he long-term is going to be a negative for the franchise. His contract was a five-year deal estimated, I think it was 160, might be a bit off on that one, might be 180, but right now, it is a three-year, $112.7 million contract. This year alone, it's going to be making a little bit over $35 million. And to close things off, when he's 32 years old, he's making around 37 mil. That's scary. And for a contender like Philly, if they have that on the books, how are they going to be able to make moves in free agency? How are they going to be able to do really anything when they have this giant roadblock and Tobias Harris. So right now, he is a positive asset for you. If you're pushing for a Larry O'Brien trophy, you might want to stick it out another season, but you got to realize it's going to get worse and worse from here. So they could make a move with Toby, get him off, and then kind of have that clean slate uh, to work again with the trade market. They have a couple young prospects. They have draft picks, uh, but you know, if Tobias Harris is there, it could kind of hinder you in terms of creative deals. And we all know that Daryl Morey is all about getting crafty when it comes to making trade deadline moves. So it's a really bad contract for them, especially given it is the 76ers. If they want to trade him to the Thunder. It's not going to have any issue right now. This is a deal because of OKC's just surplus of salary room 
they'll just have to throw in a player. If they want to, they could probably throw in a second. But for the, the point of this, it probably would be just any player you want to toss out. And Isaiah Robia, Derek Favors, anyone's going to make that money work because OKC can endure Toby's contract. And that's great for this season. That's asset accumulation mode at its peak right there because you're going to get him, but you're also going to get a lot back. The one problem, though, is that for next season, if they bring on Harris, they're going to be in the luxury tax. And for the next season, while Harris is on that expiring deal, you got to worry about extensions. You got to worry about SGA already being on that max. And that can hurt you if you want to make a move to progress forward two years time. You know, whenever this blueprint was laid out and whenever Presti really went full throttle on this rebuild, it was expected to take like three, four years. You know, you got to get the draft picks, you got to hit on a couple, and then that's when you cash in the chips. If they're able to get a number one pick this year, or they're able to get a really good prospect in the draft class, and even next season or the one afterwards, they might want to make a big deal. But they can't do that if Harris is there, kind of similar to what's going on in Philly. So that does hurt you. And it does kind of make you think, you know, what is the right price to take on a player like Harris? And the Thunder are no stranger to this. You know, they've already taken on nasty contracts. They got Kemba last offseason, got a first round pick out of that. And then two seasons ago, got Al Horford. They got Teo Maladone and a really nice 2025 first round pick, among other things. So there's value there. But the problem is, now you're stacking them. Kemba Walker is still going to be on his contract next season. Kind of double that up. That's going to be a lot of dead weight uh, for Presti. If the owners don't care, then it shouldn't be that bad of an issue. Uh, but it's going to be a problem uh, if you decide to do that. And then, like I said, it's going to be a three-year contract. So you have to worry about that as well. But you got to look at the return and kind of match that up if it's going to be a likely one. In my eyes, I think the one thing that needs to happen is the protections need to be stripped off this 2025 first round pick. It's a top six protected pick off the Al Horford deal. You got to get rid of it, got to make it unprotected, and got to give some assurance to Oklahoma City heading into that draft. Because if it does not pan out that year, moves on to 2026. If that one doesn't convey, it's just a second round pick. So get them uh, that ability to just know what's going to be there. And then also, it's going to open up the 2027 first round pick or just other future first round picks. Because of the Stefian rule, you're going to have you know that pick. If it does not convey, uh, just carry over and the protections kind of kill you there. So that opens up like a 2027. If you are going to trade that, I don't think it's going to be unprotected. I think it might be a top six, top eight, lottery protected. I don't expect them to get two unprotected first round picks out of a trade like this, even if it does lift a very big weight off of Philly's shoulders. If they start out adding a guy like Kenrich Williams, for example, maybe you think about it. But right now, I don't think you do that. So you get that unprotected pick, you get an additional lottery protected one, and maybe that's when you toss in a young prospect, maybe a Paul Reed or something that gives them something to work with in this long scheme of things. I've talked about Paul Reed actually a couple days ago on this pod. I really like him as a player. I like him as a prospect. He hasn't been able to play that much. I do think the way that he works though in his archetype as a rim runner, as an athletic four, really translates to this Thunder team. So you could get a good 22-year-old 
uh, in addition kind of as that throw-in chip. My thing, I think that the financials really does kill the Thunder, and it makes a deal like this really just unlikely, I believe, because with the Thunder and the formula of these small market teams, you have to have cap flexibility, but you also have to have the draft picks. The Thunder have more draft picks than anybody right now. They're checking all the boxes in that area. But if they are not able to stay above and make trades, it's going to be an issue. That's when you can get taken advantage of in terms of all these draft picks. That's when you have to start sending out guys like Harris, guys that might be overpaid just a little bit uh, with draft picks. And then this giant 38 stack of draft picks kind of gets worn down and the value simply is not going to be as high as it once was. So you got to always monitor that. I think for me, I would probably stay away from Tobias Harris right now. I think the best mode of action for Sam Presti would be going into like four team trades, three team deals, or just making deals for smaller guys on bad contracts. There's definitely some out there this draft season. If I'm going to give it a comparison or give a kind of an example of what this is, like look no further than the Utah Jazz trades over the course of the last season. They picked up Derek Favors at the end of draft night last year, got a first round pick out of it. That pick got worn down a bit on protections with the Mai Oni trade last month. And what did they do? They got a guy who is on a two-year deal over the course of these two years. Favors is making 9.7 apiece. With Oni, it's not that bad either. They already waived him. His contract was nothing more than a couple million dollars. They just had to get rid of him due to luxury tax and the goal that they had uh, within that organization. But you just have to look at that. I think there's easier case-by-case basis where you'll get better value uh, than just splashing the pot, getting a couple first-round picks, maybe one good young and up-and-comer um, for Harris where he's going to limit you for years to come. You can't really just get rid of him like some of these other guys where they might be on smaller deals. It's just a matter of uh, the teams needing to get rid of 10 or so million dollars. That $10 million versus $30 million, Yeah, give me $10 million any day of the week but that's just kind of my thought on the toby rumors i don't think there's anything substantial outside of the bleach report article thus far if there is i will let you all know but before i get into kenrich williams i want to talk a little bit about my good friends over at DraftKings sportsbook the moment we've been waiting for since september is finally here In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country, and new customers can get a free shot at $1 million as the top prize with their first deposit. Here's what you have to do for the offer. Go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. 
See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. But guys, moving right along to Kenrich Williams. This is not the first time I've talked about Kenrich Williams in terms of trading. This is not the first time you guys have heard about Kenrich Williams being in the rumor mill. Ever since he joined the Thunder two seasons ago, he's kind of been pegged as this trade target. And to open things, I mean, whenever he got traded as just a throw-in to the Stephen Adams deal, he was considered an easy wave target. Now, as we saw the training camp progress, and as we saw the preseason games, he earned his stripes, and he was kind of cleared uh, from those waters, but yeah, if it was up to Justin Jackson or Kenrich Williams headed into that training camp, I would have said, you know, get rid of Kenrich Williams, you know, because he didn't really have much on the palate. His plate was all right in terms of what he did with New Orleans in the first two seasons, but there wasn't much surrounding him. He was able to show off his defensive ability against the Spurs in the preseason. I think overall he did a good job there. And when it came down to it, I would have taken him easily over guys that didn't get waived, such as a Darius Miller or a Justin Jackson. But now he's in this spot where his value is high. And it was high last year, don't get me wrong. But it's nice again. He's on a two-year, $4 million contract. And that makes him one of the hottest low budget guys on the market this trade cycle just like it was last season you're looking at a guy that's only 27 years old for the thunder he's averaging 7.1 points 4.2 boards and two assists in a 21.2 minute stint per game and he's been a consistent three-point shooter shooting just around 37 percent this year last year led the team shooting 44 percent and he's still looking pretty good. I don't think he's really shaken off that tag. Now, is he shooting 44%? No, but he's still a very top-tier shooter. And that's not to mention, he's just an efficient offensive guy all around. You have Josh Giddy, you have SGA in the mix, you put him in, he's able to hide in the shadows very well with them. Like, he's not going to interfere with their play style. But as soon as, as he gets the basketball in his hands, he is going to eat. He's shooting 45% this season. Last year, he shot 53%. He's found the mid-range game. He's not much of a driver right now, but he's definitely a sweet backdoor piece. So he's got it down from all three levels. He can cook off offense really by himself. But like I said, he's not a guy that runs the show for you. And I think for a contender, that's exactly what you want. That's what Kenrich is going to bring you and he's going to bring it to you for two seasons at a rookie scale level contract he's not on a rookie scale contract right now granted but he's pretty damn good he's way above his pay grade and it's not just the offense it's the defense that makes him stand out premier two-way guy you look at his grittiness the scrappiness any loose ball that's around there kenny hustle's gonna be on it and then in the passing lanes 
He hasn't shown it off a lot this year, but last year, that's where he kind of got his stripes in my eyes. He was so good just as a free safety roaming around. As soon as a ball was passed, he would just sprint at it. He'd get to it and he'd take it the other way. So he's excellent there, excellent on both sides. And because of it, the market is going to be pretty huge, I would imagine, for him. Now, in terms of what the value is, we don't know yet, but I'd expect teams like the Lakers, the Warriors, the 76ers, and maybe even the Brooklyn Nets to be interested. I bet more inquire, but if I were to talk about the top teams, I'd probably go to those four just because they're really high up and they could use some shooting in the backcourt. And he can even play at the three, so it helps them out a lot more rotationally. And the thing is, these teams are great. They can offer you stuff, but they're also contending. They're going to be a little bit more stingy about trading. And for other guys that have been traded thus far, the returns have not been great. And these are two different scenarios between Williams and these other two guys, but you still got to note it. Karis LeVert, he's on a $17.5 million expiring. He's been averaging well above 16 points per game. He got traded for a lottery-protected first and two second round picks and Norman Powell got traded three four days ago from the Blazers he's on a five-year deal which is pretty nasty but you also get Robert Covington here you really just get Keon Johnson there was a second round pick from Detroit but no first round pick was exchanged here that's not good value for a guy like Norman Powell even if he's on a pretty negative contract Williams is not on a negative contract. He's on one of the better ones, like I've mentioned, but you got to assess the value and you got to kind of realize, you know, what would the tipping point be for Sam Presti? And this is all my personal opinion right here, but here's the way that I play it. If you're offered a second round pick or even two second round picks, I don't know if I'd make a deal for Kenrich Williams right now. 27 years old, he's shown, and he's, he literally told Joe Musato this, that he wants to stay around. He enjoys Oklahoma City, kind of similar to Mike Muscala, where he's showing that he's loyal. He wants to be part of this rebuild. Two second round picks does not do it for me. This is someone that could be a long-term piece for you in terms of a bench role. I still think in 20 minutes, he's going to do a lot for you. And we haven't really had a guy like Kenrich Williams in a while in Oklahoma City. So I don't think two seconds would um, would really be enough for me. When you already have 19 in your war chest, why get two more on two shots that might not even be high second round picks and you might not even use because you'll package them later on? If you're going to get sent off a first round pick with some protections on it, maybe a top 20 protection, lottery protection, that's when you consider it. If, if you know the Thunder do trade Kendrick Williams for a lottery protected first or a top 20, I wouldn't be upset with it. I think that's the value where they were kind of shooting for initial rumors, which I don't know if there's much to them again, kind of stated that that was going to be the asking price. If you send off a first round pick, you can get Kenrich Williams. That might've been the same deal last year as well, um, but he's shown he's not a fluke anymore. So maybe someone would step up and give you a deal like that. But I think the most likely option would be getting one of these young up and coming players in a deal and this might come off of a three-team deal a four-team deal or a one-for-one one. it really doesn't matter but there are a lot of playoff teams that have a few up-and-coming gyms and they're just waiting to be traded waiting to be put in better environments 
And OKC could send out a Williams who will be a day one impact player for the other team and get in return another prospect piece they can build up. And going through the list, there was something floating around saying a Moses Moody deal uh, would make sense for the Thunder for Williams. That would be great for OKC. Would that happen? Absolutely not. If you're going to trade for a guy like Moses Moody, got to remember he was a lottery pick. Um, you got to give out a first round pick alongside Kendrick Williams the way that I would see it for a Jalen Johnson out of Atlanta. He hasn't played much for the Hawks and I don't know if they're going to get enough room for him in the rotation this season. He's been one of the better guys in the G League though. Everything that was expected of him in college, he's been showing flashes of even though he only played like nine, 10 games. He did not seem to have any issues transitioning to College Park this season. You know, the temper has not seemed to be an issue either. Looks to be a good prospect. Looks to be a great pick by the Atlanta Hawks. But if they want to make a push, they could try to get Williams. I'm sure the Thunder would give out an additional second, maybe two of them. Because Jalen Johnson has looked like a very good player. Just hasn't been given the light of day. Same goes with Paul Reed. Already talked about him in this podcast, but the 76ers could use a guy like Kenrich Williams. They could also use a guy like Mike Muscala. They'd probably use either of those two above someone like Paul Reed right now. Kind of why he makes sense. And then for some dark horse candidates, like a Brandon Clark from Memphis, Kenrich Williams just seems like the Memphis Grizzlies type of guy, the grit and grind, what you have right now with Desmond Bain, John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr. They have a lot of these scrappy defenders. I think putting Kenridge Williams with those guys would just make it spectacular. Bring him on board. Brandon Clark right now has been productive, but his value is a lot lower than it has been in the past. So it might make him part of the equation just because they have Jalen or, or Jaron Jackson Jr. They also have guys like Xavier Tillman. So they could uh, maybe say, you know what? We're good in terms of front court. Let's get a guy such as Kenrich. And then Jalen Smith from the Suns kind of rounds it out here. With Jalen Smith, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this. The Phoenix Suns did not give him a qualifying offer. Former number 10 pick. I don't know why exactly you would do that. Get a couple, two more years of evaluation. They said they saw enough after one year. The Thunder, they could use a center, they could use one for cheap, and they could use one for the long term. Jalen Smith is going to do that for you. I'm sure, in a heartbeat, the Phoenix Suns would love to have Kenrich Williams for their clearly contention team uh, that they have. They're number one in the league right now for a reason. Kenrich Williams would definitely help feed into that. So that's kind of my little list, the quintet of names, if you want to say, but when it comes down to it, I don't know if those would be offered. <laughs> I think the most reasonable might actually be Jalen Smith, maybe Paul Reed. With the other three, I think that there'd be much better reasons to not make a deal. For example, Jalen Johnson, the potential's been there. I wouldn't get rid of him after one season. Brandon Clark, he's been a really formidable piece in the bench unit. And then with Moses Moody, if I'm Golden State, I would never trade Moses Moody in a one-for-one trade for Kenrich Williams. I would keep Moody, I would keep Kuminga, I'd keep Wiseman, and I'd try to make just some crazy blockbuster trade. Maybe just use two out of those three 
I'm sure that would be enough ammo to wheel in something, but yeah, shipping them out one by one probably is not the best move. You'd want to package them all together and then make that type of trade to really get them in the championship waters that they're already sort of soaking in already. But we'll see what happens with Kenrich Williams. This is going to be one where either way you slice it, if he stays with the Thunder or if he gets dealt, it's going to make some sense because there's good arguments on both ends of the spectrum. With me, it comes down to the value. I wouldn't deal him for second round picks personally. If you guys got a different take on that though, make sure to let me know. You guys can hit me up on my Twitter at Ben Kreider or hit up the pods at Thunderstick Pod. But other than that though, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. I thank you all for listening and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.